yeah, same thing happened on Saturday. We got hail and then rain, and so that's what it's like here. So it's heaven, but it does get stormy sometimes. So let's start with a prayer. So grateful and thankful that there's an infinite field of love, and we're living in it. We are living as that pure love and light. We are grateful and thankful to come together to celebrate our wholeness, our perfection, our beauty, our magnificence, to see that in our brothers and sisters and hold it for them so they can see it for themselves. So grateful to open ourselves to the clear insight of the higher Holy Spirit self. We're partnering up in order to fully recognize and remember what our true identity is and to live from that beautiful, magnificent space. We are grateful that our conversation is healing, it's nourishing, it is actively uplifting. We share the benefits with all, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. So, who's got something they'd like to talk about, ask about, share about? I know sometimes I hear topics bandied about. So if anybody's got a topic that you'd like me to to bring forth, let's do it. Anybody having issues with clients that are either wonderful or a bit confusing? I can start just waiting to see if somebody else would. Um, So I noticed after um, taking a couple weeks off of everything and feeling like I'm kind of realigning all kinds of different parts of my life that people have been uh, responding and I've been getting more traffic. Um, phone calls, text messages, messages on Facebook. Um, so I was just noticing that it it feels like um, as I'm willing to make space for myself and take care of myself, mm-hmm. that... Um, other people are able to feel that vibration. Yes. Um, so just making the connection of, of really self-love and um, self-care uh, to the amount of clientele that I have. Yeah. It's the, if I be lifted up, I draw all unto me. Yep. Yeah. That's a great observation. I really appreciate you sharing that, Linda. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Spirit organizes everything. We really can rely upon that. We don't have to make anything happen. And usually if we're entertaining the idea that we do have to make things happen, we're projecting onto it that we are in lack and limitation and we're on our own and we have to figure it out. So then we experience what that looks like. Yeah. And it is great to welcome Katerina here. Yay. So wonderful. Our beautiful tribe. Okay, now it's pouring rain. Doesn't look like it's coming in the window, though. Could change in a second. So, yep. If it's the same storm that we got earlier, the wind will shift. <laughs> so, yeah, you might want to close your windows. Yeah, it'll take me a few minutes to do that.
I am feeling like I should go for it on a couple of them. I'm going to let the recording go, if you don't mind, and just give me a couple minutes and, and people can share amongst yourselves. Hi, this is Arba. I'm sorry, I'm getting situated, but I just wanted to say hi, Katya. Welcome. I'm so glad that you're here with us. And um, other people may not know you, um, so maybe also you might want to share something about yourself. Uh, I also wanted to just affirm, Linda, what you said. It really felt like once you came back that you're really clear and your energy had really shifted and I feel like everybody responded to that clarity and that alignment. Um, I also noticed a similar thing in that I just the past week as I took space for myself that I've had calls and emails and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, as we show ourselves compassion, we're opening ourselves to show others. Katya, would you want to give everybody kind of an introduction? Hi, everybody. I'm very happy to, to join the tribe. Uh, here we are preparing as well for the storm or something. So <laughs> cars starting to to cry. <laughs> yeah, so I'm very happy to to start this uh, this journey and to learn um, and to be willing to be truly helpful. And uh, thank you very much for the sharing. It's uh, it's it's a very very good reminder. Um, to take care of, <laughs> of ourselves in order to to be helpful to to others. Actually, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's it's something uh, I have a, um, trouble to learn. <laughs> so thank you very much. But you're getting there. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> I yeah. hope. Just practice now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's coming. It's taken me a few years. So I know that um, when you first started, like being in the periphery of the Power of Love ministry, that um, your life was shifting and changing. And then you just you like you made your way back around i but i remember having that first conversation with you whatever first um exploratory call or whatever it is i, I did i got a sense immediately oh she's going to be one of our spiritual counselors in training <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you're here thank you very much thank you for all the support for, to, uh, from everybody thank you very much So anybody have any questions at all? Any concerns? Amanda. I just want to acknowledge how different it is to doing an activation. I did a couple of activation sessions with people from Finding Freedom. They're not part of the uh, masterful living. And uh, the script is pretty much the same. So it's not like the it changed, but the whole feeling of it changed and um, the depth of it changed. So I just wanted to kind of acknowledge to bring that up that um, even with something scripted like activation sessions, it's, it can, it is completely different depending on where the person is and what they're looking for. And um Sometimes to me, it doesn't, or from the outside, it doesn't look like a profound shift. It could be something very simple, um, but just to allow whatever it is that comes up. Yeah, that's very well observed, Amanda. It, it is, 
you can see that people bring their energy to it, right? People who are signing up for a year-long course have are making a deeper commitment than to a three-month course. And they know it. They ha- they they know that, they feel that, they intend that. And so their approach to the activation session is going to be different. For most people, I think that would be true. And did you learn anything from doing your activation sessions? Anything else? Um, it's there's a whole nother level of non-judgment to allow people to be where they are, just like in counseling or. Um, yeah, there's just a whole nother level of non-judgment. I'm glad that I did the first round of activation sessions, you know, for masterful living year two before before I did finding freedom. So I, I had a confidence because people that have been in this program for a while kind of know what's happening. I don't, maybe I did one that was their first activation session, but maybe not. So um, it's just a different level. So I'm glad that I, I had that experience under my belt. So I, I, I could lead them through whatever they wanted to experience. So it really had nothing to do with me other than just being the facilitator. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a good design that we have to mm-hmm. give people that opportunity. And it is counseling is a great opportunity to practice non-judgment and compassion, extending love and compassion to people who have the courage to enter into these programs and who are desiring to change their lives. Yeah. Go. Hi, I wanted to share um, some good things been happening in my world. I recently I was guided by spirit to finally, after five years of an intense dislike for my website, I had um, to I, I, I like really almost hated that website from like, you know, after I created it five years ago. And, um, and I've also shifted so much in who I work with and what I'm doing. And so I was guided to launch a new website and like rebrand and make a new name. And I, so I did it. And the name that came to me was Money Miracles Coaching. And so I launched my new website, Money Miracles Coaching, uh, few weeks ago now and I'm really excited about it and like I'm like energizing my what I'm offering currently just like energizing it in me (laughs) thanks Arva (laughs) she said great haircut um yeah like I'm like I I shifted like um energizing the not playing small stuff anymore. Um, and so I like, I'm, I'm advertising on there, like my spiritual coaching services, um, course in miracles, coaching and mentorship services, um, mental health therapy, and also, uh, speaking public speaking, which is something I've been really into, um, the last few months, like I've been doing, um, uh, ACIM gather radio talks every week. Um, and I just love it. I just show up and I talk and every time I do it, it feels more fun. It's easier. I don't have anything prepared uh, and I just do it. And like, even spirit guided me to, um, do the website. Like I, I thought I was going to pay my friend to do it for me. And, um, I ended up doing it and it's just like, it came out, it just flowed. Like, I don't have any skills for this kind of thing, but I just created it on Wix and it, I think it looks good. Um, it's basic. It's not that complicated. Um, 
and it's not that fancy or anything. And um, I love it. And so, yeah, I've been getting like more inquiries. I still don't have um, really that many clients at all, but um, I I feel the momentum building. And I also had this um, talk flow through me the other day, which is um, I think supposed to be a TEDx talk. So I've been really um, kind of edited. It flowed through. It just came out of me. And um, so I've been researching that and building the momentum to actually do a TEDx talk in the next year. So I'm, I'm going to be starting to apply to do that. And um, like, I'm really in the shift of not playing small right now. Like I, I'm really feeling it. I was very stagnant for a long time and um, I, I'm in the shift now. So it's like, I don't have the clients yet to, to see the shift, but like, I feel it coming. I, I have so much to say and share, and I want to get my message out there. It's not my message, it's spirit's message, but I feel like I can reach a lot of people and I'm really excited to see what, what goes on. <laughs> I wanted to share that. <laughs> I'm listening, but I have to, uh, figure out how to close this window here. I think I'm if back. anyone feels stuck about creating their website, I have to say like, it's just, just ask spirit to help you. Like I don't have any skills and it just, I did it. And it was, it's, it's good. <laughs> well, and we built the power of love template website because the spiritual counselors had asked us for it. So we would love to uh, support people in just doing that because it's an extremely low cost way to have a website that's beautiful and congruent with power of love. If anybody's interested. Yeah. Good for you, Cal. Very good. If anybody ever feels insecure about their voice, uh, because many people do have issues with their voice, it's related to their throat chakra. I do highly, highly recommend Faith Rumor, who is in a year three of Masterful Living. She's a professional vocal coach. She works with celebrities. She lives in LA and she's, um, you know, worked with people for who've been nominated for Oscars and things like that. So, oh, I thought you said money miracles. Ah, many miracles. There you go. So, uh, and faith, faith site, I think is artistfirst.com. But you can ser- search for faith rumor, R-U-M-E-R. Yeah. And she is just, she's such a good coach. Oh my God. She is. Well, many people have insecurities about their voice, the tenor, the timber. Uh, many people have um, uh, stuck energy and you can hear it in their throat chakra. I am just, I've got to close a couple more windows here. Yeah, I know. Go ahead, okay. Marba. <laughs> oh, no. I was just going to say yay for you, Cal. So exciting. And um, I love that you mentioned that you're no longer playing small because, you know, stop playing small, just finish up. And I know there are many people who took it and have felt this energy. Um, and I think for me, I'm in this similar place, like on this verge of that transformation happening like I can feel it coming together as I become clearer about what it is I really want to desire and um, I'm doing finding freedom again and even just in that past week going through some of the very first heart mind congruency videos and stuff again it's just already I've seen shifts so Yay for you. Um, yeah, yay for you. Yeah, you too, Arva. Thanks. Yeah, I remember, like, if, if anyone here is, like, scared of speaking, um, 
I just have to say, I remember like four years ago when I started Masterful Living One, like I literally went the whole year without sharing in the class. Like I, I'd get all this anxiety and my body would get all hot. My heart would race because I have something to share. And I'd be like, no, I'm not going to share that. I'm going to let other people share. And I literally went the whole year. I maybe shared once at the very end of the year. And now I'm like uh, preparing to do a talk on stage, you know, live in front of, and I talk every week and it's just so easy and natural. And I just let spirit do the work. Like I'm not doing the work. It's, it's so easy to just show up and just allow the guidance to come through. Like I, I get my ego out of the way and it's just, um, it's uh, easy. <laughs> That's the way to do it. So I do have a question and it's along the lines of this. Uh, so as you all know, because I, I posted this morning that Parenting with Spirit is coming up and um, I'm going to be the first presenter after Jennifer. And it was just really interesting because I haven't really promoted it on my own social media. I'm not a huge social media person, but um, my sister posted yesterday about it. And she was asking me, you know, to help craft the message to go with it. And I can still feel this like resistance to, to promote myself or to promote what I'm doing. And um, it still feels scary. You know, I, I know the contrast from when I started and now like I'm on camera all the time, like how did this happen? But I still am feeling that, that, that that little bit of who me um, coming up. Yeah. So do you have a sense of what is the thought underneath that? Yeah. um, For me, it's this idea that once I put myself out there that I can't get off the roller coaster that too much will could come too fast. And so that's part of the hesitancy in fully showing up. I understand that. That makes sense. And do you have, is it challenging for you to say, I, I won't be able to do that. I don't have time for that now. I'd like to do that, but maybe later this year. Does that feel like, oh, It feels like something I'm practicing and beginning to um, really become better at, uh, you know, I, I think I started out with the idea that I was doing that very well and then realizing, no, I've taken way too much on. And so I'm beginning to refine and let go of some things and that feels good. Um but I think I'm still not, I'm out of practice of doing that, or maybe I'm still learning that skill, that muscle. Yeah. Yeah. So that feels to me that it's about self-trust. Do you feel comfortable trusting yourself and boundaries? But, you know, there's another aspect to it, too. And that is that it's not so familiar. And so, like, let's say you decided you wish to learn um, line dancing, right? Square dancing or something. And you're excited to learn square dancing and do line dancing and and go out and have fun doing it. And um, you... We're doing it for a while, and then you are going to teach it, right? But you're not used to teaching it. It's something different. It's something new. You you love line dancing. It's exciting and fun. But teaching it is not what you're familiar with. So it would perhaps be a bit nerve-wracking to, to do that until you got used to doing that. 
So a lot of times it's not the thing, it's just the unfamiliar place that we're in. Yeah. Because, and, and it can be, for instance, let's say someone is used to doing a lot of speaking, but they're speaking on the topic of anthropology, let's say. Very comfortable speaking extemporaneously about that. But then they're going to give a spiritual talk. Well, they're not used to doing that. So now it's, it's a bit unsettling because it's less familiar. They don't feel the solid ground under their feet because it's totally new. Yeah, I think life is just like that. So once you get used to doing something, you've done it a bunch of times, even if you're not great at it, you're just okay at it. You don't get nervous anymore because you, you, you're familiar with it. You know what to expect. We, we often get nervous just if we don't know what to expect. Some people will get nervous just going to a new restaurant because they don't know the lay of the land and how it all works. And, and you can tell when people get defensive, like if you were to say it, you're, you've brought a friend to a restaurant, they've never been there before. And you say to them, so the specials are on the wall and um, not on the menu. So if you, and a, a defensive person might go, I, I didn't know that. How would I have known that? You know, and it's like, yeah, that's why I'm telling you, because you have no way to know that. So let's go look at the board on the wall and see what the specials are. So it's just, but once they get familiar with the restaurant, then they can relax and just enjoy the experience. So I think everybody has a sense of uh, somewhat discomfort in new places generally. Even people who like new places all the time, new adventures all the time, they still can be nervous and anxious in that new experience. So, yeah. Anybody having issues with clients or things come up in sessions that, feel uh megan yes i have um a client who's not a part of the ministry she's not a course person she came to me through the unitarian universalist connections that i have and she has been battling cancer the whole time that we've been in sessions which has been a year and a half or so um And I'm just deeply appreciative of people who have done some of this work and who, and, and the course itself, because I feel somewhat challenged in using a lot of the language and concepts that are familiar to us here in the ministry to, I mean, of course, the same counseling applies. I let spirit come through me. I allow the language that would speak to her to come Um, but I still feel at the end of a session, like, oh, she only, if I could help her to get these concepts, she'd feel so much more, you know, at ease through the process. And so I don't know if it's a question so much as it is just a deep appreciation of the spiritual practice that we find ourselves in together with the course and all the teachings. And, um, I mean, just a little, if there's anything that spirit is saying to come through to me to be supportive around this that would be helpful I'm about to meet with her this week and she will have just found out if the cancer is back which would mean a whole new round of very debilitating chemo if she chooses to do that again I'm so glad you're asking about that Megan so what is her intention in seeking counseling She would like mm, what she says she appreciates and she's very appreciative. Uh, She always says she feels way better at the end of her sessions because um, I mean, what I tend to do is help her remember that she is not her body and that, that she is experiencing 
what she's experiencing, but that she is more than her body and that she can find those moments of peace. And the present moment is often much more peaceful than allowing all the thoughts and worries and anxieties to pile up. Um, so she is looking for um, re reminders about what she does know to be spiritually true. She's a, she's practiced Buddhism and she knows about the present moment and, and, and all that. So she wants her experience to be more peaceful and have less anxiety, I would say. Okay. And, but she's not, she's not coming to learn how to heal her body. It feels like that's the line that I feel like I kind of am walking with knowing, well, believing that what the Course says about the body as a reflection of the mind, that we can heal our bodies. And that until we believe that and aren't fearful about that, we do need the magic of medicine. And so, you know, I'm, I am holding her while she makes decisions that I would never make in a million years, but they need to be her decisions and she needs to feel good about them. Um, but yeah, it, she's not, she is trying to heal the body. And I think she really enjoys it when I talk to her about the mind and the power of the mind. Um, but I think she's seeing it more like the power of the mind to lift her out of her misery that she's currently in, as opposed to really seeing that she can heal. And I don't know that I have the power to say, I've seen it, I know it works, because I'm still using the magic of medicines when I'm, you know, in pain or, you know, not a lot, but I'm not there in terms of David Hawkins being able to say, if you believe you're not subject to that, then you won't be. So, of course, this is more of a lesson for me than it is for her, perhaps. <laughs> well, uh, to just even open the door a little bit more might be to say something like, one of the things that I'm studying and learning about is how to heal the body with the mind. And I'm still learning about this, but it's quite interesting to me. Yeah. And if you are ever interested in talking about that, not just uh, shifting how we think about things and how we feel about things emotionally, but also how we actually uh, are experiencing things in the body. That's another conversation we can have if you're ever interested. Yeah, that's a, a non, uh, I think that she would hear that in a non-defensive way. And I've, yeah. I, I've kind of said that, like I, these are the things that I'm learning. Mm. But I think this speaks more to what do I have to say to somebody who is facing yeah. her own mortality in such a present way. Yeah. You know, some of the things I say is, you know, we're all going to die in this body and we don't know when. And are there ways that, that this can be seen as a gift so that you can, you know, write all the relationships in your life, make sure everyone you love knows that you love them, heal anything that needs healing. And, you know, and I can help you with that kind of a thing. I think a valuable conversation also, and one that we have been talking about in year two and in Ascension Pathway, is what do we have resistance and reluctance at, to the healing? And what is that about specifically in terms of what are we avoiding? Like if we don't have this issue anymore, what would we be doing with the time and the energy and the attention instead? And are we actually avoiding those things? Mm. Yeah. Because I think about uh, uh, someone that I was counseling who had issues with liver cancer uh, very debilitating, and uh, 
she was doing much better, definitely, but she said it wasn't completely healed. And she was grateful that she'd had so much healing. And uh, I had said to her, um, what are some of the differences in your life? What, 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 things have you been doing differently since you got this liver cancer diagnosis? And she said, well, I've really been working on my relationships, improving my relationships. And uh, I said, do you still have issues in your relationships? And she said, oh, yeah, I do. And I said, do you think if you didn't have the cancer anymore, didn't have any issues anymore, that you would still be committed to working on the relationships. Mm. She saw a connection between her mind and her emotions and her body. And she had come to see that her upsets about her relationships were connected to the liver cancer Mm. and so me asking her do you think you would still be working on your relationships if you didn't have liver cancer or does it become a motivator for you to keep working on these inner things and she said "Mm, that's a really good point because I I think if my relationships were all good I wouldn't be working on the body anymore. I'd be okay with how things are right now, Mm. even though it's not, it's not completely healed. So I said, so do you need to have that be your motivator to work on your relationships? Or can you just decide I'm going to really focus on my relationships and anticipate that the healing in the body will naturally follow and she was like, hmm, that's something to think about. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. It's a good perspective. Thank you. Yeah, because a lot of people would rather deal with cancer than deal with their relationships. Yeah. And I have the word purpose keeps popping into my head. She's talked a lot about like this cancer gives her purpose. She has to. She, she is focused on her relationships. She's focused on making the right decisions medically. She's, you know, like she's retired. What would she be doing? That's a really interesting area to go into. Yes. What would her energy be going into if it weren't going into this? Yeah. Yeah. That's often a question. If somebody has got like problems that are taking up a lot of their time and energy, if you, it's a really good question to ask them. So if you didn't have these issues, what would you be doing with the time, energy, money that you've been putting into solving the problems? Right. Right. Like the activation session questions. Yeah. It's, so are you avoiding that? Why might you avoid that? Or not even are you, just why might you be avoiding whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, because a lot of people will be like, well, I always said when I retired, I would focus on my artwork, but I don't really have time and energy for that now because I've got this illness. Oh, well, how many years did you say you were going to be working on that artwork? Is there any reason why you would be resistant or feel reluctant or be avoiding that in any ways would you possibly have um, brought this into your life to distract you so you don't have enough energy to think about that those kinds of questions are super helpful especially if we're really casual about it we don't think we know the answer and we are not judging them yeah Because we all do things like that, don't we? 
yeah, I said I was going to write that book, but then we got a dog and the dog takes so much energy. And so I guess I'll, I'll, I'll work on that book. I'm just delaying it right now because I got this dog and takes up so much energy. Who knew? And then they're off talking about the dog. And it's good if we can even look at the things in our lives that we're doing and we're avoiding something that's important to us or something we really care about, but we feel resistant to do because we feel like, oh, we might fail. A lot of people say they they think they'd like to be a spiritual counselor, but saying it and doing it are very different things, very different things. That's why I always say first day of the intensive, number one thing is we got to work on you feel confident and qualified, even though you still have issues. Everybody has issues. Even the expert's expert still has issues. Doesn't mean you can't do a great job. Dina. Yeah, I have a client who's um, been suffering for several years from extreme heartbreak. And I thought it was really interesting that she just, and is, I'm sort of matching it to the discussion about illness. She just, she can't, couldn't seem to let go and would cycle back around. So we did tried something interesting last session, which was to kind of get in to feel her body, like to have her feel. We went, she looked for her tight neck and stomach all twisted and finally got to her heart, which, which you know, then just, and I, I'm, as Megan pointed out, sort of like the activation session questions, when what would you be doing if you weren't doing this? So somehow it just, I was guided to just go from that conversation with her feeling her heart directly into a kind of mini activation session. So it was the first time I've seen her be able to lay down. It was almost, I think the way we put it was that her heart was going to witness this laying down this, this, this challenge that she had. And then she took herself on, um, you know, this, this other, this, this better life for herself where she was loving and being loved. And it, it just bloomed. Like it, it was this amazing, um, anybody would like to have that life, the house, the, the relationships, and she does her own counseling in a different vein, but, and then, um, I'll be interested to see how the combination of, of that, flows out for her this next week because because what she's presented I've counseled her for quite a few months she just goes back and picks that up again she goes back and picks it up so it'll be interesting to see I don't know that it's any different than disease really you know or illness it's it's a choice to put I don't know why she and it may be that she thinks she's going to fail again or whatever it is she's thinking but um, I had asked her when the symbol her symbol was a like a message, kind of a, you know, almost like message in a bottle type thing that and she gave this great, great message from one year out to her present self. Um, and I, I encouraged her just, just from the, the guidance I felt was to see if she could find a piece of jewelry that would be like that, that she could wear clothes, like have a longer chain close to her heart. And then she could either write something and fold it up in there or just, you know, have it carry the essence of the message. Um, and I'll, so I'll be, I'll be interested to see if that, let me see how my body is feeling. Let me get into that. And then off we go to an activation session, how that, um, it, it felt really good. And we'll see if she picks it up again and I'll report back to you next time. Great. In a situation like that, Dina, where somebody is really attached to uh, a, a, a person and being in a particular kind of relationship with that person, because it can happen all kinds of ways. It can happen with parents and children. 
children and parents where the person is doesn't really want to relate to them anymore and um, the relationship is over as far as that other person is concerned or they've moved on like whatever the state of the relationship is now Um, the when the when the attachment is really intense what do you think is going on there and this is for everybody what do you think is going on what makes the attachment so intense Amanda part of the special relationship would be finding or, or projecting some wholeness about themselves onto the other that they have to have that other person to validate something in themselves. Yes. Very well said. Yep. Now that's not the only answer, but that's a, an excellent answer. Uh, and Tamlin. Um, it can be um, expectation. Sometimes I know I do have expectation on how I think this situation should be or how this person is going to react or, you know, and that's why I get caught up back. I have expectations on people when I see them, you know, how to express themselves. So I, I think that will be for me. That's what I would discover in holy relationships. Yeah, very good. So now let me ask you a follow-up question. So let's say the expectation is we're going to get married, okay, or something like that. And and the the in this case, this woman's partner says, no, uh, I'm, I feel complete in this relationship. I'm moving on. Um, how is it that that expectation now is this attachment that that she she can't let go of how could that expectation become such an intense attachment like that um i believe that um what she how she saw the relationship and how she what she saw the person to be so um i believe that it could have been an expectation of of that person and that why she uh, moved on. But then for me, the expectation uh, still will be, I still will be hurt, you know, cause I've been in a relationship like that, similar to something like that. And I expect, I had a great expectation on what, but then I wasn't fully able to remove myself. I still had some pain and hurt there. Uh-huh. And maybe that could have been her. So, okay, I'm going to rest on that for a moment. Phil, you you had your hand up. What what I was uh, feeling is more, it has to do with fear of failure. You know, oh, I, this, if, what if this doesn't work? I would, I'm, I have, I create that fear and then, and I'm not creating it consciously because the belief has been formed. Okay, uh, this happens to me and I don't want it to happen again. So it's like, I'm afraid of same thing repeating itself. So there is that fear component. Because even as you were talking, I was earlier, I think Megan or somebody had asked you that question about this person, you know, I was, and my thought came like, or or maybe it was early on, and it was like presenting as a spiritual, I, I could present stuff in leadership. When it comes to the spiritual component, I hold back because I have that expectation or either expectation or fear that I'm not fully there. I'm not practicing it in a way that I want my life to speak about it, my life to be an example of it. 
So I don't know if I'm mixing up things or making sense, but that is where I feel my fear also, like I'm not fully living up to that. So talking about another topic is much easier than talking talking about spiritual part uh, or, or presenting it as a spirituality, you know even say about parenting, like I could talk about parenting, you know, but I want to talk about parenting from that place of spirituality where I embody the, the spiritual principle in my parenting and they show up more often or as a way of life rather than, you know, doing spiritual parenting. Mm-hmm. I know if I'm making sense or I'm putting it as a, in a way that it is understandable, but in my head that is it is going on like, you know, okay, I am doing spiritual parenting versus, oh, I can talk about parenting as a subject. So I, I what I missed is the connection between someone who has an attachment, a romantic attachment to the uh, nervousness about the topic. Yeah. So I have, I have the attachment that as a spiritual teacher, I should be certainly. Ah, got it. And if I am not that way as a spiritual teacher, then I shouldn't be the one who's talking about it. So, so that the attachment, the fear, and my belief gets into the way. Right. And maybe the perfection that I have to be a perfect spiritual student to be able to talk about. I did see Dina's hand a, a, a little while ago, and then Arva. Uh, yeah, just a brief follow-up. Uh, what came to me as you all of you were talking was that um, sometimes, in, whether it be illness, whether it be a lover who's rejected us or whatever it is, uh, even a concept like Phil's talking about, I need to be this kind of spiritual speaker, that maybe in a way we idolize, we it, it becomes almost like a, it's a special relationship of idolatry in a way, and then it begins to limit and define us. So if my uh, lover has has left me, then I'm a, and I'm attached to that that power there, instead of me opening my heart and trying again and being who I am and learning about myself, I've let that thing or the spiritual, who I am as a spiritual teacher or um, anything, really, I'm thinking it's opening up some ideas about myself, all the ways I limit myself. It's making me wonder what, even an idea, what idea now have I bought into it such a deep who even knows how long ago and how deep and how am I attached to it? Oh, I'm not good enough. Or so there, the, and I don't know if idolatry is the right word, but there's, there's something that feels familiar about watching what she's done. And then the subtleness of what I've done all over the place too. It's, and I, I need to think about it some more, but thank you for opening up some miles and miles of thought for me. Yeah, good. Good. Thank you for opening it up for us. Araba. I was just going to say all of these things I can understand are part of identity. So the attachment has to do with how I see myself and, you know, the the fact that it, maybe it didn't turn out the way I thought it was. And, and I can speak to that about illness or your body or being a parent and you're in a relationship and this is how it looks. And now my child's an adolescent. It doesn't look like that. So it also has to do with how we hold ourselves as our identity in relationship to others. And then it also feeds into these wounds about what we believe about our identity, either affirming or it's, it's, disaffirming and we we aren't sure who we are very well said so that's the thing that everybody is talking about you can see everybody is talking about it's identity issues 
right? So Megan's client, let's say, let's just say she she thought when she retired, she was going to be an artist in her retirement. And, um, but in her identity, she doesn't feel confident that she really can do that. It's just a fantasy to her. It's not a reality. Her her identity is someone who's not really good enough to do that. Now, another person could be, you know, we could see that other person as being very mediocre. You know, like they can make some paper mache things, but who would want them? Nobody I know. You know, like we could look at it that way, but that person could be like, I don't give a rat's ass. I love making paper mache things. I'm going to make them and I'll I'll sell them or give them away. I don't care. I'm going to keep making them. So what other people think doesn't matter because they feel solid in their identity is I'm a creative person. I'm going to create. And that's my thing. I enjoy it. I do it for the enjoyment only. But other people, what they might do, it's so related to how they see themselves, the chance for failure, like with the spiritual talk, the chance for failure, it would shatter my sense of myself. So I can't take the risk of failure. The only failure really would be if I don't bother to try, right? If I don't give it my expression, but the many people don't do anything that they would love to try to do because the fear of not doing it well is so much greater than the thrill of just experimenting with it. So in, in Dina's case uh, with this client, it feels to me like she got wrapped up in the relationship as part of her identity. And that is what a special relationship is, right? So it's, and it can go all kinds of ways. This is why I say it can be with parents and children, children and parents. It can be friends. It can be uh, jobs. It can be all kinds of things that people get their identity wrapped up in. I thought we were going to get married. I thought we were going to grow old together. I thought we were going to have children, or I thought your children's children would be my grandchildren. And I thought we would get a new house and like, Their whole identity of what the rest of their life was going to be like was wrapped into being in relationship with that person. So now they don't have anything because they put everything in the future basket of a fantasy, not a reality. And so if if they give up the fantasy, they don't have anything. So they think. The thing is, is if you're all wrapped up in a fantasy, you don't have anything, right? So it's uh, many people are in relationships with people because in their mind, this picture of me plus them and how we're doing together, it fits my idea of what I'd like for my identity. You know, it's why you see the, like the typical example of the unattractive older man with a hot young babe, right? It's, do we think that there's genuine love there? Sometimes there is, but a lot of times it's just, you fit my identity picture. My identity is, I'm with a very powerful, successful man who's going to take care of me, or I'm with a very beautiful woman and I'm going to take care of her. Love doesn't enter into it. It's not about that for them. It's about filling that fantasy identity, right? So people bring that into romance all the time. The other thing I'll just say is that um, people have karmic connections And karmic stuff that their soul deeply desires to to bring this stuff up and heal it. And so sometimes people come into our relationship, into our world, uh, and we have a relationship with them of any kind, any kind that just kicks us in the teeth 
or stirs up like a tornado our identity stuff so that we can have a healing if we choose it. But when we hold on to the attachment, so just because I kept having to leave to shut the window. So Dina, do you have a sense of precisely what the attachment is? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a deep sense of her own self-worth, her lovability. Um, it's a replication from childhood experiences, too. It fits, you know, he was a godly man, a good man, the best man ever. And, be, and yet, at times, that fantasy will fall apart in other descriptions, and but she'll go back to that. She's definitely clinging for dear life to it. And I think... Um, so, so that's I'm very I'm very interested to support her and see and the way we the way we got to it really was the present moment of how her body was feeling and I had her use ing things you know and, and attach no story and then from there we just into the activation session we'll see yeah you know it's one of the things is to see if the client will be willing to say, I don't like this. This frightens me. This worries me. It concerns me. It scares me. But I am willing to discover that this is for the highest and best for me. I'm willing to discover that. I'm willing to discover that every single day because this is what is. And I like that. this is what is That's this a good is thing. what is, you know, because a lot of times people can spend years and years and years not accepting what is because what are they doing instead of accepting what is they're trying to figure out how did it happen? What did I miss? Right. How did I not see he was having an affair? How did I not see she was thinking of moving across the country? How did I not realize? I mean, they did say some things, but, or they never gave me one clue, which is probably not true, but, you know, just they, so they're looking, they're trying to be, look into the past to see what they missed. But let's say they missed 15 different clear things. Then what? Let's just say, okay, you missed 15 clear things. Here they are. Now what? How does that change where you are now? Seriously, how does it actually change? Absolutely does not. You're in the same what is, is. How did you say? This is what is. This is what is, you know. They're gone. They're marrying somebody else. They're starting a family with somebody else. Am I willing to see I dodged a bullet? Am I willing to see this is for my highest and best? But when the attachment is very strong, a lot of it, it can just be pure karma. And it was interesting because when she reluctantly got to the very last part where she was describing a room, you know, I'm, I'm, she was seeing a year out that she would have a healthy partner. And then she described somebody that was nothing like this person that she idolized, mm. which I thought was, was a very good sign. You know what Spirit had me say? It is very good sign. You know what Spirit had me say to a client once who was in a similar position? Uh, I said to them, let's just say that you knew on Valentine's Day next year or March 4th or whatever, pick a date in the future, that FedEx was going to deliver to you this great love relationship, this great partner, and you could have a great relationship with them and it might last a year, might last five years, might last the rest of your life. We don't know that, but it's still going to be a fantastic, intimate, loving, fun, passionate, worthwhile relationship. But FedEx cannot deliver that relationship until you let this one go. How long do you wish to hold on to this one? 
and delay that one. Just think about it. Just think about it. And most people, if you say something to them like that, they're like, I don't want to hold on to it anymore. Today's the day. I'm done. I'm done. I don't want to delay my happiness. I'm done. Most people will do that immediately. Whereas when they started the session, they're like, I just don't see myself with anyone ever again. You know, they can go to like, okay, I'm done with that. But it's the prospect of they could actually be in a great relationship, but they can't do it till they let this one go. And everybody knows that that's kind of how it works. But we just don't think of it in those terms. We just think, well, today, how could I let her go today? How could I let him go today? Well, they're already gone. This is what is. Do you want to grow old in a relationship with somebody who hasn't been there for 20 years? I don't think you do. But you can. People do it all the time. Any final thoughts? All right. Amanda, can you stay on at the end for a minute? Great. All right, let's pray. We are truly grateful, truly thankful that there's this beautiful, infinite field of love and light that is ours now and forever, that we are swimming in the sea of love. We are dancing in the light. This is our true identity. This is what's happening now. We're giving ourselves full and complete permission to live a life that we love. And we are grateful to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self in order to bring it about, in order to clarify and purify our minds of any resistance or reluctance that we are entitled to miracles. And so we are choosing this miraculous life of love. We are grateful to share the benefits with our clients, our brothers, our sisters, everyone in our life lifted up. We're sharing the love, we're broadcasting the love, and we're allowing ourselves to experience profound love every day in every way. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 Yes, 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 yes. Amen. Thank yes. You. Thanks, everyone. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, everyone.